Well, good. This morning, I'm excited to be here. Man, the stage is getting small. How about how, you, how many of you like the decorations in here? Come on, does church look good? I think it's the perfect time to put snow-capped mountains and snow on the wall and clouds, and it ought to make you feel a little bit cooler, right? A little bit, maybe. But anyway, we're getting ready for our, our VBS, our first ever VBS coming this week. Man, people have been working all week long to do this and you haven't seen all of it there's a little bridge that goes in the hallway that somebody built there's a waterfall in the quest building i mean it's i'm telling you you need to come and volunteer for vbs just so you can see what's going on where you at paula come on that was she was the only one that said amen (laughs) so we still need i'm sure we still need some help some volunteers in different departments so if you haven't signed up or you just haven't been here in a while, and you said, oh, man, we're having a VBS, and you want to jump in? See Paula after church. Is that okay? Amen? How many of you ready for a good word this morning? How many of you came expecting something this morning? Now, if you were honest, I would say, how many of you came to church and you didn't want to come, and you'd raise your hand? But this morning, I hope you came expecting something. I came carrying something. I've got an expectation in my spirit this morning for something incredible to happen This morning, I want to talk to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I want to set it up a little bit. (laughs) Some of you went, dang, I picked the wrong day to go to church. Somebody going to run around all crazy. They're going to be praying in them tongue things. Let me tell you something, there's all kind of crazy things that go through your mind when you talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I remember being uh, a young believer, and I was was a part of a a Baptist church, and we didn't particularly believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believed you received the Holy Spirit when you got saved. And to a degree, I believe that's right. I believe you do receive the Holy Spirit when you are saved, but there is a distinct baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'll I'll prove it to you in Scripture this morning, but I just kind of want to set it up and kind of give you some of my story. I was raised that way, was embedded in me, and I remember being in my my mid to late, actually my late 20s, I believe it was, and just, just having something inside of me. I don't know if I can describe it, but it was just something inside. It was like a hunger, and it was kind of like a thirst, and I just felt like there, there wasn't something clear about this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I wasn't going to a charismatic church. I wasn't going to one of these run around with flags and scream at the top of your lungs kind of church. In fact, I've hardly ever been to any of those kinds of churches. My experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit has just been just a raw experience, just a real experience that I've had with the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. And so I I wrestled for years with with my mind. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't have a studying problem. I didn't have an understanding problem. I didn't have a reading problem. I knew what I read. I didn't even have a writing problem. I wrote down all kind of notes. And I, I, my goal was to figure this thing out. And actually, part of it was to disprove the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This whole praying in tongues thing. This whole power of the Holy Spirit. And so I went at it, man, wholeheartedly. Me and my buddy, we went to town on this, man. And I just, I couldn't let it go. 
night and day. That's all I studied was the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We'd had these long debates all into the hours of the night going, man, this just, just can't be. It can't be. It can't be. And it wasn't long after that that God moved me away from there, took me out of that church, put me in another church, one of our churches. And I became a part of the church and started hanging out. And we had this thing called an encounter retreat. We used to have them pretty often. It's where you go and it's, it's set up to basically help you encounter God and encounter his presence. And so I went into this thing and everybody had told me, you know, get ready, man. You're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And little did they know the storm that was going on inside of me. I was nervous. I was scared. I was apprehensive. I was stiff-armed. And I was resistant. And I went into the whole thing with this attitude. This was my statement going to the encounter retreat. Lord, I know your word. I know what it says. But if I'm wrong, prove it to me. Don't ever say that. I went into the encounter retreat and day one was fine. Day two was was going pretty good. And the last session was when they they just had it set up to where they would pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I remember we just finished eating and and I was man, it just I started getting nervous, cold sweats in my hands and just nervous. I was like, God, man, I mean, because, you know, like the rubber's meeting the road, (laughs) you know, I could be wrong. All of my studying could be proven wrong. I didn't know what to expect. And so I'm walking kind of unwillingly to my seat. And I remember Pastor Josh comes running up and he jumps on my back. Boom! Man, you ready to get baptized with the Holy Spirit? And he didn't know it, but I was like, almost fell. And so the band comes up and we're all kind of sitting like this, kind of, and I'm, I'm sitting about where Cheryl is on the front row, biggest guy in the building. And they start playing the first song, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating some kind of message from this guy that's going to change my mind, right? And I went, man, you know, this guy better, he better have his stuff straight. I was ready. I was ready. Some of you come to church just like I used to come to church, and you're ready to argue with the preacher. You just argued in your notes. Oh, no, he didn't. Uh-uh. I, sometimes I get text messages, you missed this. I ain't scared. So I'm expecting this guy to bring a word that's going to change my mind. And before he ever says a word, when they play the very first song, the power of God hit me. It hit me. First song. Nobody's praying. Everybody's singing. I'm in the front. I start crying. And I'm thinking to myself, get it together. You're the biggest guy in the building. If there's a bee on me, don't worry about it. I'm allergic to wasps, not bee. I'm the biggest guy in the building. You better get it together. And it just got stronger. And it got stronger. And it got stronger. Is that a bee? I rebuked them. They just didn't hear it. (laughs) Just kill it, brother. Don't don't even mess. Just kill it. We'll we'll pick the duck. Let it go. It's good. Sit down. You see a bee, kill it. Don't worry about it. Don't make a distraction. 
Just a bee. God gave you dominion over them. <laughs> Dang, bees messing up my story. So I'm the biggest guy in the building. The Holy Spirit just jumps on me. I'm the only one crying. I'm sitting here weeping and it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. And I just, I feel, stop looking up, look down. It gets worse and it gets worse. And I'm going, man, what's going on with me? What the heck is this? And I'm arguing in my mind. And before the first song is over with, I'm laid out on the front, on my face, weeping uncontrollably. They go through four songs. They go through the message. And the biggest guy in the building still on the floor. Crying, sweating, snotting. It was gross. Still on the floor. And I knew what was going on around me, but I couldn't get up off the floor. There was something that took over me. Something that it was a power. They start praying for people to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. I hear people all around me getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. Every once in a while, somebody would come and they would take a tissue. And they would walk up to me and they would just drop it. And I knew that's what they looked like. Because that's what I would have done. And I'm on the floor just crying my eyes out. And I'm sitting there going, God, what is, why are you embarrassing me? What the heck, man? What's going on? And then finally when I stopped arguing, the Holy Spirit took over. And God released me and I got up off the floor. I got to my knees and I felt like I'm not, you can argue this all you want to. It was my experience. You wasn't there. I felt like I was in the Holy of Holies. In the very throne room of God. I just, nothing else mattered. Nothing else. It, it, it was, everything in life was unimportant. That was the greatest thing in life right there. And I remember some guy, I don't even know who he is. He came up and he walked up to me. And he goes, he goes, hey, buddy. He says, can I pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I was thinking, bro, after all I've been through, you can pray for me. And he prayed for me and I started praying in tongues. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My life has never been the same. I learned a valuable lesson. Don't argue with God. Don't use the scriptures to argue with God. You see, if you try to use his word to argue with him, you'll lose. Amen? So I just want to share that real briefly before I, I get into the message. Go with me to Acts chapter 1. I want to show you a few things because I just believe there's some of you here who have, and I, and I know this for a fact, there's been many people in the church asking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is good. I'm excited about that because that means you're hungry and you're curious. And I don't ever want to jam something down your throat. So I don't push the baptism of the Holy Spirit very hard. But I'm learning that it is very serious and it is very important. So this morning I want to just give you some scripture. We may stop at any moment. But Acts chapter 1 starting in verse 4. I want to show you what happened. Jesus, previous to this, Jesus was with his disciples. In fact, this is the story when he was with them. Verse 4 says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said very strongly, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive this. Specific instruction, super simple. You ever tell your kids something super simple and it's almost so, so simple that they can't get it? I'm like, stand there until I come back. And you take two steps in the front. I'm like, no, stand there, right? 
Do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the gift that the Father has promised to you. Very simple, right? So Jesus said, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Two different baptisms. Say that with me. Two different baptisms. Baptized with water and baptized with the Holy Spirit. In just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus thought it was so important that they didn't leave that he made sure to say, do not leave. Jesus's ministry itself was spirit filled and spirit led. Remember when Jesus came up out of the water from being water baptized? You remember that he comes out of the water. What happens? The Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. Right? That analogy, the dove always represents the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus. The Bible says it lands on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Right? From that day, Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted and tested by the enemy. He had to be spirit-filled and spirit-led to go into the wilderness. Amen? Let me give you one little secret about the dove. Being spirit filled is not something you just turn on and turn off when you want to. Being spirit filled is being filled with the spirit of God. It's like when Jesus, when the the dove descended and, and lit on his shoulder, Jesus then had to walk. Get this now. He had to walk with the dove in mind. So imagine a real dove lighting on your shoulder and you don't want it to leave. What do you need to do? Walk carefully. With the dove in mind. Make sure that's good. You live with the dove in mind. You make decisions with the dove in mind. Not wanting the dove to be frightened or or to leave or to, to get distracted and go. Right? But as Christians, sometimes we, we, we're spirit-filled and then sometimes we're like empty. Sometimes it's all spirit and sometimes it's all me. I believe when it's all me, it's because I'm scared off the Holy Spirit. Amen? So Jesus says that. He says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Watch this. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to... For you to free Israel and restore our kingdom. They were thinking earthly minded. He said the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. But but they are not for you to know. In other words, don't worry about that. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And then he gives the places. You will receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When the dove lights, you will receive power, the Bible says. Power? What do you mean by power? Power. Spirit power. Not flesh power. Spirit power. You see, the problem I have is that I'm physically powerful. And a lot of times I want to compensate my lack of spiritual power with physical power. I can make things happen. I can make people do things. I can make myself do some things except for push away from Bluebell. I can do a lot of things in my own strength, which has been very easy lately. But 
you will receive power, Holy Spirit power, when it comes upon you. Right? That's what Jesus told his disciples. Watch this. Go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going somewhere. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Not many days after that happened, the, the, the disciples went from that moment and they started kind of putting a little bit of structure and order into the church. They had to replace Judas. And so they, they, they cast lots and they replaced him. And watch this in verse 1. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly. Say that with me. Say suddenly. suddenly. Say it like it was sudden. Suddenly. There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared to settle, appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone, say everyone, everyone. present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Who gives the ability? How many of them got it? You know what that just did? That just broke the lie that the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit is not for you. Because some fool told you one day that the Holy Spirit is not for everybody. Somebody tried to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you got to believe in, well, it must not be for me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If 120 people in this room can be filled with the Holy Spirit, then my God, I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was for somebody. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. How did notice how they received it? How did they receive the Holy Spirit? It suddenly came upon them. They didn't do anything to muster it up. They just did the one thing God Jesus told them to do was to stay in Jerusalem. They stayed in Jerusalem and they took care of some administrative work. And while they were doing that, they were all together and suddenly they had no clue it was going to be that day. Suddenly. Some of you came to church this morning not expected and suddenly. <laughs> but she's going to get you some suddenly today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There was 120 of them. The Bible says it was a rushing mighty wind. I experienced that rushing mighty wind one time. The very first time I ever heard somebody pray in tongues. Went to this church and they prayed for people and then you extend your hand. I'm sitting, me and my buddy, he's right next to me. We're sit, standing on, on the back row and, and we got our hands out and we're praying. And this woman, I don't even know who she is. She comes behind me and she starts praying in tongues. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Just like that, I'm going. I never heard that before. And all of a sudden, I had hair back then. All of a sudden. My hair started to blow. That's what, see, that's what happened. Some of you, I see some of you other people, y'all have experienced the Holy Spirit too. All of a sudden, I felt this wind, this mighty wind. And I'm sitting here, and I'm freaking out. I'm going, oh God, what is that? Oh my goodness. And I look at my buddy, and he's just down there like that. I'm like, and it, it's just going, just going. I've, I've stood through a hurricane one time, a small one, and I just, this pressure that comes with this wind, it was like that. It was just a pressure coming. And I looked at my buddy and I went, I said, bro, you feel that? And he goes, no, I'm praying, man, shut up. I'm like, you don't feel that? Bro, shut up, pray it. I'm like, why you don't feel that? And this wind just blew. 
Don't know even don't even know what the woman looks like. Don't didn't even say nothing to her. Just she quit praying. The wind stopped. It was suddenly. Go with me to Acts chapter ten. I want to show you a story of Cornelius. I'm gonna set this up real quick. I'm gonna try to hurry up, not so that we can go home, so we can spend a little bit of time together. Acts chapter ten. I'm going to read you the story of Cornelius. In in Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said, Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel, and the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with with Simon the tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. So Cornelius is in Caesarea. Peter's in Joppa. Peter goes onto the rooftop to pray. Watch this. Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Anybody ever been in a hunger trance? He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down in its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. And then the voice, of, uh, the voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Peter declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure, unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the, the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. He was confused. What could the vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house, standing outside the gate. They asked if a man named Simon Peter was standing there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up and go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to them, I am the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, We are sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He's a devout, God-fearing man. They go through the whole liturgy. Then they, they arrived in Caesarea. So they, they stayed the night with Peter. The next morning they got up and left. Peter and some of his buddies went with them. And watch this in verse 24. It says, then they arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was, was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up. I am a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. The first thing you see is that Cornelius had an expectation. Cornelius expected something to happen. God said through an angel, go find this guy, Peter. He's going to come and he's going to bring something to you. Go get him. So he did right away. He moved into action right away and he sent some people to go find Peter. The first thing that we see about Cornelius is that he had an expectation for something to happen. An expectation. He expected something to happen. He was a God-fearing man. 
He prayed and he gave good gifts to people. See, there's a lot of God-fearing people in the world today that aren't filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's sad. Because you can be God-fearing and do good things and not be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know some people that are filled with the Holy Spirit and are as mean as a hornet. And I go, I don't know what spirit you're filled with. (laughs) Right? Somebody bump him and wake him up. I don't know how he's sleeping through this. It's okay. Wake up, bud. You're all right. So Peter gets up and Peter comes with them. Cornelius had an expectation. He was expecting something to happen. He moved, number two, he moved into action. Some of you this morning are going to be going to be put in a place, in a position. You're going to be given an opportunity to move into action. And that action may be moving out of your seat and letting somebody pray for you this morning. You need to have an expectation this morning. Just like Cornelius did. He had an expectation. He expected something to happen. He moved into action. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his servants. He didn't waste any time. He didn't hesitate. He trusted God and did what he said. Some of you this morning got to step out of your comfort zone. Some of you are going to have to step out of your comfort zone this morning. The third thing we see is that there was a willingness to receive what God has. He was anxious to receive this thing. You see what happened when Peter showed up? Now get this, Cornelius is a God-fearing man. He prays to God, he does good things, he knows the right from the wrong. Peter walks in the room and Cornelius is so anxious to get what God has for him that he does something silly. You ever do that? You ever get so anxious about something, you do something goofy and you embarrass yourself? Please don't let me be the only one. Somebody else. Okay, good. Cornelius was so excited, so anxious that Peter walks in. He knows better than this. He bows at Peter's feet. And Peter responds like I would have bro, you better get up. <laughs> you ain't making me no God. I'm human like you, man. And that's what Peter told him. Peter told him to get up. So he had, he had an expectation. He moved into action. He had a willingness to receive what God had for him. So let me finish the story. Peter tells him to stand up, verse 28. Peter told them, Peter starts to preach. You know, it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure and unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. So Cornelius tells him about the prayer and the vision. He tells him about what happened. Verse 34. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. 
They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to those of us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Verse 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. In the middle of Peter's message, in the middle of his preaching, suddenly the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening. Suddenly, you see, the Holy Spirit doesn't need permission. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to ask you for time to come in. We don't have to give him permission to come in. I don't, somewhere in this message, God told me he's going to show up by his Holy Spirit. I'm just waiting. I'm going to keep talking until he comes. You follow me? He comes when he wants to come. And when he falls on the people, something happens. Amen. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speak in tongues and praising God. Watch this. Then Peter said, or Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized? Talking about water baptism. Now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Just as we did. Just as we did. The 120 in chapter 1 or chapter 2. You see, Peter was reminded of what happened in chapter 2. When they were in the upper room and suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon them. Peter saw the suddenly again. He saw the suddenly again. He saw it happen again. He said, can anyone stop us from baptizing these people because they've received the Holy Spirit just like we did? In other words, there was a rushing mighty wind and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they, they were endued with power and they began to pray in tongues and speak in tongues in other languages and all these crazy things started happening. He said it happened the same way. You see, there was something about Cornelius that set up an environment or it created a place for the Holy Spirit to show up. It's called his heart. It was his heart. The difference maker with Cornelius was his heart. His heart was right. He wanted whatever God had for him. I remember Pastor Bubba tells the story of when he was when he was saved. Pastor Jacob led him to the Lord at a youth group. Pastor Bubba gave his life to Jesus. He he said the sinner's prayer did his his thing. And afterwards, Pastor Jacob said, there's a gift called the Holy Spirit. Do you want it? And if you know my pastor, he was like, heck yeah, I want it. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit right there. It was his heart. 
It wasn't his head. Come on, somebody. It was his heart. You can't figure out God. Many people have died trying to figure out God. You can't figure out God. You can't figure out how he works. You can't, you can't figure out the Holy Spirit. All you can do is create a place for him to come and feel. And when he feels it, you just let him do whatever he wants. That's called being spirit-led and not being fleshly-led. It's being filled by the Holy Spirit. It's not that you now have to act all crazy and goofy and wild and embarrass everybody around you. You don't have to be spooky. You don't have to be weird. To some people, it may be weird. You don't have to manifest anything yourself. You don't have to push. You just need to listen and live with the dove in mind. Amen? Peter was blown away by what he saw. He saw Gentiles, people who were not supposed to have a relationship with God, get filled with the Spirit of God, and it blew Peter away. He didn't know what to do. Good thing he was spirit-led. Right? So let me finish the story up. Can anyone object to them being baptized now that they've received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked to stay with them for several days. So Peter stayed. I want to show you what happened after this. Peter goes back to his buddies, and they hear about what happened. And he has to deal with the religious people in his life. And I just want to tell you today, those of you that get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you start praying in tongues, the first people you're going to run into is the religious people. And they're going to tell you that it ain't true. And the devil's going to tell you that it ain't true. And everybody in their mama's going to try to lie to you. But you're going to have to stand on what you believe. Peter goes back, tells the brothers what happened. They're arguing with him. Watch what he says, chapter 11, starting in verse 15. Starting in verse 15, Peter's explaining what happened. As I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning. Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John, baptize with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? Who was I to stand in God's way? It's a gift. It's not complicated. I'm going to show you how this works. You want this? That's how it works right there. It's as simple as that. It's a gift. He's not going to take it back like I just did. I should have had more props. How dare you take a gift from a kid? The Holy Spirit's here this morning, right now. He's in this place. And he's got a gift. And it's simple. There's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing. This is God Almighty through his son, Jesus Christ, the same one that wants to spend time with you, the same one that wants you to sit at his table and dine with him. 
His spirit is here today and he's got some gifts in his hands and he wants to pass them out to his people. Because you see, you need it. Look at your neighbor and say, you need it. You got to have it. You can't do this walk. You can't live this life without it. Today, more than ever, the church needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We got to be spirit led more than ever before. Today. Today. People. Unsaved, dying, going to hell in this world need you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because it gives you power to be a witness. Think about this for a second. Peter was the guy, the first guy to stand up and preach after Jesus ascended into heaven. Peter was one of the last guys to deny Jesus three times. The same guy that fell on his face and made a fool out of himself and denied even knowing Jesus is the same guy that when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up and preached, and 3,000 people came to Christ. The devil had him beat down, I guarantee you. The devil had him feeling like a low-down, dirty piece of trash because he denied Jesus three times, because he made a mistake, because he blew it. It was so bad that Peter went back fishing. Jesus asked for him when he came out of the grave. Where's Peter? You see, Peter was done with Jesus, but Jesus wasn't done with Peter. Peter, immediately after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, stood up and preached the gospel and 3,000 people got saved. The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't for a church service. Though it manifests at times. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you to have power in your life to be a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. To give testimony about what he's done in your life. And let me tell you something today. More than ever today, you need to have a testimony. You need to know the word of God. Don't get me wrong. And you need to be ready to use scripture at any moment. But I'm going to tell you, this ugly world, this nasty world that we live in today, they don't want to hear this. But they'll hear your story and they'll hear your testimony. And you need to be somebody that has a testimony, somebody that has a story, somebody that's been there with Jesus, somebody that knows him intimately, not just through the scriptures. You see, I was the kind of guy that I knew Jesus intellectually, but I didn't know him personally. Come on, somebody. And some of you are here today and you've known Jesus intellectually, but you don't know him personally. Notice what the scripture said in Acts, where Peter said when he was preaching, he said, and God chose to, to reveal Jesus or to let Jesus appear to some chosen people. Who did Jesus appear to? Those that ate and drank with him. <laughs> he didn't say those that got up every morning at six o'clock. And read their Bible, but never met Jesus. He didn't say those. He said those that sat down. They stopped their life long enough. You see, when you sit down and you eat some, with somebody, you're telling them that you're more important than anything else I have to do today. They sat and they ate and they drank with Jesus. 
And God chose them to let Jesus appear to. So when they witness, they don't witness from Scripture. They witness from personal experience. Because there's some smart people out there that are unsaved. They got some smart devils. Some of you work with them. Some of you might be them. Yeah, I didn't say amen to that. There's some smart devils out there. I'm going to tell you right now. They know scripture backwards and forwards. The devil knew scripture backwards and forwards. That's what he used on Jesus in the desert. You know what? I shared my story at the beginning. And some of you probably went, yeah, whatever. But you can't argue with my story. Because you wasn't there. You wasn't on the floor with me. You can't argue with my story about the lady that prayed behind me and I felt the wind of the Holy Spirit blow. You know why? Because you wasn't there. That's my story. And nobody can argue my story. And nobody can argue your story. People don't want to hear this today. They don't want to hear scripture. You want you, you test it. Get up in the lunchroom and say Ephesians 3.16 says this. And everybody in their mom is going to go, Again, right? But stand up and say, man, let me tell you what happened to me this weekend. Oh, y'all should have been there and saw that. What happened? You see, the day after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I was working in kinder and I used to be an equipment operator. And we were in front of the Sonic in kinder, if you know where that's at, and... The road was all tore up, and me and this guy who was bigger than me, I called him Grape Ape. It's my Grape Ape story. Because he was just built like Grape Ape, the old cartoon thing. And I called him Grape Ape. So me and Grape Ape are standing on the tracks. I said, hey, man, you should have been with me last night. He's like, really? Yeah. Where'd you go? Man, I was at church. Okay. I said, man, I got filled with the Spirit of God, great babe. He went, what? I said, man, God's Spirit took over my life, man. And I just started sharing my story with him. And great babe listened to my story. But the greatest part of the story was that I wasn't afraid to be a witness to great babe. Some of you are going to remember the story of great babe. The power of the Holy Spirit gives you power to be a witness. In Galatians 5, it gives you power to produce fruit. Right? Not fruitiness, but fruitfulness. Come on, somebody. I should have made you feel better. Can I get the worship team to come up? I want us to take a moment and pray. And then I want to give you an opportunity to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing in my hands, nothing that the worship team has. I didn't anoint them with a special baptism oil or anything like that. The enemy doesn't want you to have this. He's jealous when you get this. But more than being jealous... 
He's afraid. He's afraid when you get this. This gift. He's scared to death when you get this gift. Not long after being baptized in the Holy Spirit and receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, I had an encounter with God, with not with God, with, a, with an enemy. I'm laying in bed one night, and I woke up just all of a sudden scared to death. thought somebody was in the house. I tried to wake my wife. She wouldn't wake. She was in the Holy of Holies. I was like, baby, somebody's in the house. Didn't work. I got up, and I walked through the house. My heart's racing, just pounding out of my chest because I'm getting ready to fight. Somebody has always been a fear of mine. That's not anymore, but it was a fear. Come on, you know, you ever thought about that? If somebody's ever in your house while you're sleeping? I'm walking through the house. I'm like, where's it at? Went to every single room in the house. I opened every single door in the house. And I went through there and I was just, I was a young believer. I didn't know what to do. I just said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I went to the next room. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I went to my kid's bedroom. I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I passed a little cross on their head. I passed on the dog. I hit the closets. I hit the windows. I hit the doors. And I went through every single room in the house. And when I got to the last room was the room in the middle of the house. I stood there and I just felt this pressure. And I just said, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Leave my house right now. The Holy Spirit came in just like he did just now. And he filled me up. And I was just, my heart was racing and I was just like, man, what was that? My God, my God, what was that? I just stand there for a little while, sweating. I go back to the bedroom and I get in the bed and I'm I'm sitting up in the bed and I'm like, look at Cheryl, still sleeping. I'm like, how can she sleep through this? And I said this, and this is what I want you to get. I said, God, what was that? What was that? God, I never experienced that before in my life. What was that? And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. My son, before you were not a threat to the enemy, but now you're a threat to the enemy. So the enemy wants to steal from you so that you don't have power to overcome him and the world. He don't want you to have power to be a witness. He don't want you to have power to produce fruit in your life. He wants you to be powerless. He wants you, like we talked about with Off the Chain series, he wants you to be religious and think that you can do things in your own strength and with your own intellect. But that's not true. It's not true. You can only do the things of God with the power of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can you stand up with me this morning?